welcome to the C Word, the Conservatives podcast. Today we're talking about returning to work. I'm Jenna Mathiason, an objects conservative based in South Yorkshire. And I'm Chloe Rumsey, an objects conservative based in Greater Manchester. Welcome back, guys. Hi. Just as I did my intro, I, <laughs> I've i had to put bells on my cats because they're tiny, furry, adorable murderers. Um, and just as I did my intro, <laughs> Guthbert decided to gamble into the room and give me a little uh, backing track as I said hello. Cheeky jingle. <laughs> I, know. I know. Adorable. Aw. That's actually a great way of starting because, I mean, we're sitting at home right now. We're at home. Yeah. What's your situation like? in terms of returning to work, which is our topic today. So I'm still on furlough. I've been on furlough since the first week of April. I can't remember the exact date, but it's the first week of April. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? (laughs) When was April? No, exactly. We were working from home they closed the building on the 17th of March allowing Mm. people to go and get stuff if they needed to because it was all really sudden wasn't it and then it was the 23rd that was the sort of the government speech that said everybody's got to stay indoors and then I think it was a week after that week and a half after that that I was asked to go on furlough or informed that I would be going on furlough so I've been what month is it now we're recording this on the I don't even know the day anymore. It's the July. 18th of July. 18th of, the 19th of July. We're recording this on the 19th of July. And so I've not worked this entire time. I'm due to go back on the first week of August. My role was full-time. I am fur- going to be furloughed part-time, working okay. part-time. So Right, so kind of face back in. Yeah, exactly. They are easing people back in who have been on furlough, so it's not just like a hard start. Yeah, sure. Um, which I think is really positive because it's yeah the work arrangements for everyone except conservation and archives and front of house is everyone is in one large office. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not ideal. Not ideal, yeah. Um, we're really lucky in conservation that we have one huge studio to ourselves for two for yeah, the yeah. two of us in the team. You know, it just works out like that. We need the space because of the size of the objects we deal with. So it, it just means that it'll also be really easy to distance. So that's really good. But because of the nature of the work that we do and the fact that we need to, you know, just plan what has happened and what we're doing in the future we will be working together on the same days well yeah when you work on massive objects you can't really do that by yourself no exactly i think it's easy to forget that you know sometimes you really do need an extra pair of hands it's not like yeah i'll just move this on my own nope (laughs) yeah exactly you physically can't do it most of the time actually and, you know, in the before times, when one of us has been on holiday, you've, we've had to like really plan, you know, do a mini planning yeah. the, the week before. OK, so on the last day, on the Friday before one of us is off, we'll have to make sure. OK, so you're all set up for that. So you don't need any help. But if you do need <laughs> yeah. help, you can always get, you know, member of collections who is trained to do these things and all of that. So we will be working together, but I think it will be quite easy to distance. We haven't yet defined the health and safety arrangements for that but we are having a meeting this week um, Mm -hmm. a remote meeting to to you know get that all set in stone so we're not just sort of turning up and going "Uh, I know we can't hug but I don't know what else (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
so yeah that's that's where I am with my work situation you've not been on furlough at all have you you've just been plowing straight through this whole time yeah that's accurate um mostly from home during large portions of this so I just took all my paperwork home with me and just started doing that and then um we did weekly checks on the collection so two of us would go in because loan working and all that would go in and check on museum and stores um once a week just to make sure that nothing was horrendously wrong and then we've since then been kind of phasing ourselves back in and we're not open to the public yet so we have delayed our reopening but there's a lot of prep to do before then so there are certainly collection staff and front of house doing odd bits and stuff like that because there are no visitors in it's actually quite easy to distance I'm, I'm in the lab usually people would poke their head in or borrow something or pop in or put an object in or take something out but actually now it's just it's it's just me it's just my zone and then we've got open offices but like two of them and basically people try to work from home as much as possible if they can I think I've gone from going in and doing the odd half day to now going in more at my regular pace. So that for me, that's part time. So I've, I've gone from all at home to very gradually making my way back into the museum. But yeah, and some of that is because uh, I'm trying to wind up various kinds of uh, work and stuff because I'm moving away. So that's a thing. <gasps> that's yes. a thing, isn't it? That is a thing um, because 2020 wasn't already stressful enough. So uh, we're also doing some other life changes. Uh, more on that later. Um, so, yeah, you know, this wasn't challenging enough. I just sort of throw in some other stuff. So I'm I'm trying to finish up like practical work and stuff like that on top of paperwork and, and such. So it's, uh, I, yeah, so now it's back to feeling quite intense for me, even though I'm not necessarily seeing colleagues as much. And I have to say that I both enjoyed working from home and at times didn't at all. But I think that was more of a mental health thing for me. Like it wasn't the working from home aspect that was difficult for me uh, because I don't have any, you know, caring responsibilities, any childcare or anything. Um, so I didn't have that additional level of difficulty. It's like playing a game on hard mode if you have kids. Um <laughs> And I didn't have that. I played on simple mode. I think I had a couple of really productive weeks where I was like, I was dress up Friday and I was being super super productive and like really, really loving being able to have coffee breaks in the garden and all that stuff. And then I think I went through certain periods of time when I found it really daunting to just keep going. And actually, uh, I think that's that's been the case for a, a lot of people. I think that if yeah. if you weren't furloughed, which is differently stressful, then actually it it was oddly taxing to try to keep going and just find that motivation. And I think there were there were just definitely times when I <laughs> definitely had meetings in my pajamas and just did not turn my <laughs> camera on and just went, yeah. I, I just kind of lost it for a bit there. I attributed a little, at least a little bit to being a little bit of an anxious person. And I spent way too much time watching the news. Oh dear, yeah, no. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> actually, it would have been a lot better if I hadn't done that. So I feel like I had times of high productivity where working from home was way better. And then times of complete just, oh, this is a bit much, isn't it? 
I do feel that you're describing a situation and a um, progression of emotions, energy levels, workflow that is so common. I've heard so many people describe exactly the same kind of feelings. It's not a surprise that it took a toll. I guess I kind of want to share that on the basis yeah. that, you know, if you didn't have a great time, it's okay. It's fine. Everyone had a different experience mm-hmm. of this time. Absolutely. And it's still going on. So whatever you're feeling is fine and valid. And however you're coping with it is also fine and valid. If you're listening, you're doing champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Round of applause. Should we do a round of applause to everyone now? Yes. There we go. That's for you guys. Well done. <laughs> Um, actually, on the 11th of July, we did a bit of a poll on Twitter where I just wanted to check like, kind of where people were at. So if people were back in regularly at work or if they were still waiting to go back or, you know, what, what was going on. And 33% said they were back in regularly, 37 waiting to go back Um yeah, waiting to go back. 18% unemployed and 12% mm. were students. And there were a range of kind of comments um, that people made to us that, you know, some people were still on furlough and some people were working from home and they might not go back in, like as in they would always work from home now. Some people were doing kind of 50-50, like they, was, they were going in and working from home, which is a bit more like what I feel has been a common kind of model where there's a bit of both. And uh, some people were really flagging up that childcare was a massive issue because they cannot go back to work even if they're allowed because, you know, the, the kids aren't in school right now. Uh, one person actually asked, does they wonder how many people work more than one job? Because that respondent had three jobs. One, oh, she wow. was working from home. One, she was furloughed from. And one, she was trying to juggle with childcare responsibilities. And let's be fair conservation isn't a well-paying industry mm-hmm. so a lot of us might in fact have more than one job or would normally have more than one job mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so it's uh, i think this will have hit the sector in ways that we probably don't appreciate yet mostly because we don't have a way of measuring this right now but it'll be interesting to look back on um, so it's worth saying that at this point when we're recording this, museums were allowed to reopen in England on July 4th and uh, it varies across the UK because there are different governments. So in Northern Ireland, it was actually July 3rd that museums were allowed to reopen. In Scotland, July 15th and Wales is due to open July 27th. So um, the museum industry is kind of starting to wake up at a different at different speeds in the different areas and as we've already discussed not everyone reopens immediately because even though we all need the money it's also a case of well there might be reasons that we can't mm-hmm. or that we want to hold off um, just to make sure everything's safe or so that uh, important pieces of work can be completed and that sort of thing so um, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag what's open and what's not at the moment uh, and I think that's another thing that I think the museum sector and heritage sector in general is probably struggling a bit with in terms of uh, people's expectations of pe- of things being immediately open and then maybe back to normal in a way that is not feasible. I haven't actually heard very much about how people have been reacting to the museums that have opened, which is a bit of a shame because I would have loved to bring that to the table here and talk about how pe- how visitors are reacting to uh, museums that are 
opened in new circumstances, but I haven't actually seen any good epi- um, any good articles about that and that sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that because a lot of our visitors, are, we're not open, my museum in Manchester isn't open until September, but a lot of the people we get are people who come in because it's in fairly central Manchester, so they they just go, oh, I know where it's got a really nice cafe. Let's stroll down yeah. there and have a look yeah. at the galleries because they're really nice. And they're just walking in. Also, I think quite a lot of people in Manchester travel around to see the, the, the number of different museums in Manchester. And I don't, I imagine there'll be quite a reduction in the number of people that do that because they'll think, well, I don't know what's open. So I don't know how many people will just not be doing the tour of the museums in Manchester if, if they don't know which ones are open. Um well, because isn't the idea as well that museums now will be more about booking a time slot and stuff like that? So we kind of, uh, it kind okay. of, um, well, I think that's been the suggestion for a lot of venues, which makes the museum experience very different. And it's less about roaming around and doing things at your own pace because mm-hmm. you're only allowed so much time or you're supposed to be there at a certain time and it kind of makes it less flexible and free roaming and more about a scheduled thing much like you'd go to the cinema at a certain Mm -hmm. time Mm. so it's not like it's a completely alien concept to people it's more that they haven't experienced museums that way yeah i reckon people can get their heads around it we've got a lot of objects on open display i was thinking about this actually that it's that people are now more conscious of what they put their hands on in case it's something that is contaminated so we're definitely going to be cleaning handrails more we we've been talking about whether we should start leaving gallery doors open and we've we've said basically well yeah go on then that's the solution but please be aware that either you turn off the air conditioner or you accept that it's going to be working over time to try and <laughs> try and uh, also condition the entire building rather than just the galleries are also pretty open to begin mm. with mm-hmm. so it's less of a concern for us although there are certainly doors where we're either going to shut them permanently so it's no longer a, yeah because we we have to make the museum one way now yeah as we're doing that as well yeah <laughs> i don't know how people will take to that but it's kind of you you gotta do it mm, you know? yeah it's, exactly it's kind of i think initially there was a lot of worry about well what if people don't like it well it's public health it's they don't tough. have to like yeah. it yeah Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? Which is hard, because I know that we always try to please our visitors, but also, these are the rules, and they're kind of not made by us. On the subject of the um, hand gel in in archives thing, we've said, or the the sort of initial, we're not open yet, so we don't know how it's going to go, but our initial thoughts were, well, let's have people washing their hands regularly. Great, if people do it. But... I also think that it's something that I know some hand gels really hang around on your hands and I need to do some research into the different ones that um, evaporate more completely because mm-hmm. I know that they do exist and there are the ones that sort of stay gummy on your hands, aren't they? So obviously it's selecting the right one if you do have them in your archive. But also I feel like we're sort of in exceptional times now and there's definitely been people handling the archives with worse on their hands. The virus doesn't actually stay alive on surfaces for very long. Uh, I no. mean, it does for a while, but it's it's not like 
someone's touched something and it's contaminated forever. That is not how this works. Yeah, exactly. So and it does there, vary on the, on the type of material, yeah. It does, yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, I was saying that we've, we asked for contributions for this episode. And yes. People have very kindly uh, written to us and sent us files, which is amazing. So we've had several excellent contributions um, that are anonymous, but they're marvellous. We asked people a bunch of questions depending on whether they'd gone back to work or not. And this one says, yes, I am back at work. I worked full time the whole time from home to start with and then back in three days a week since end of June. Um, We asked what kind of protective measures employers have taken to protect visitors and staff, I do believe. And uh, here comes a very long list, but they're so good and so simple. Some of them that I thought I will actually just read them out. Thank you so much for typing these out, by the way. Um, loads of protective measures in place including fewer staff in the offices social distancing obviously a classroom has been turned into an extra tea room to provide more breakout space loads of hand gel disinfectant spray additional cleaning clear desk policy to facilitate cleaning Uh, all staff wipe down their workspace at the end of the day to ensure that if someone hot hot desks they are not at risk uh, one-way systems and arrows marking routes in public areas, uh, limited visitor numbers, track and trace in place for staff and visitors. Mm. Ah. No sharing of crockery or cutlery, all bring own and wa- wash afterwards. Staff encouraged to bring a pencil case and not share pens. That's adorable. Windows open for extra ventilation. Back of house staff will continue working part-time from home to reduce pressure on building spaces. Yep. Council have shared good mental health support booklet and introduced online well-being sessions, including regular yoga, mindfulness and meditation. That's brilliant. That's How really amazing lovely. is that? Yeah, that's, that's lovely. Um, staff given opportunity to come into buildings for a walk around to ease anxiety before being back in properly. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, Perspex screens at reception and other desk areas. Spaces moved around to facilitate social distancing, so fewer seats next to each other, but kept enough seats to support access needs. Staff asked about concerns and asked for input into plans. Interactors have been removed from galleries. Staff are allowed to wear any personal PPE that makes them feel more comfortable. PPE for close working per- uh, for close working is purchased and risk assessments for a range of different tasks ca- carried out. That's good. Signage everywhere. Paper towels instead of hand dryers. Please don't touch unless you wish to buy signs in the shop. That's great. Visited a time limited to an hour to support people having access with reduced numbers allowed in spaces. Front of house regularly wiping down touch points and visitors asked to sanitize their hands at a touch-free automatic sanitizer dispenser on entry. Yeah, we've got one of those now. It's really cool. So that's oh, wow. actually in, it's in the staff entrance for now, but they'll be dotted around everywhere and they're really nifty you don't have to touch or anything just put your hand underneath it and it goes it's beautiful so we asked how things have changed at work from the before times and uh, they say work is much more risk assessment focused uh, much more online with more active online engagement and we've been working towards more inclusive practice over the last few years but thanks to push from black lives matter even more so now For example, our COVID collecting has included actively collecting from diverse communities, including a COVID Ramadan pack. 
that was distributed at a local hospital. That's so fantastic. We asked how your first day back was, and first day back was calm and peaceful. I cleared my desk, cleaned and tidied my workspace. God, it sounds so zen. We asked how it felt to be back in. Loved being back in, much more comfortable workspace than at home. And then we asked if anyone had found any interesting disasters. The answer is that they'd had a bit of a beetle infestation. Oh no. Thankfully not a disaster for collections as they were coming from the vents where there'd been a dead pigeon. <gasps> but very thorough pest surveys and enhanced cleaning and trapping. Yeah, mm. that's good. No major collections munching found. Well, thank goodness <laughs> for that. Oh, and they say one more thing, uh, just a thought really. Long-term massive preventive conservation benefit is that the cleanliness, lack of clutter with keeping spaces tidy, etc. will result in a much reduced risk of pest infestations going forward. That's a really good point. Yeah, thumbs up. That's really comprehensive, isn't it? So I have a contribution here. So they're not back at work yet, um, but they've been in, like you have, Jenny, gone in a few days to check and make sure everything's not on fire but mainly working from home as much as they can answer to question one there are plans but no set dates yet and measures for safety they're doing staggered working days to reduce too many people in one site mixture of working from home and on site again to try and reduce the number of people that are actually in the building not opening full time to begin with and using as many different workspaces as they've got available so basically making the most of what they've got and reducing the number of people in First day back is probably going to be walking around and checking collections for damage, pests and leaks. I love that all of us have said the same thing about that. Yeah. <laughs> Nervously um, checking everything. Exactly. Fingers crossed there'll be none. Taking measurements and photos of projects for being able to work on at home. So like housing projects and stuff. Anything that isn't taking the objects home, basically. How they're feeling Anxious about the risk of COVID as it's still here. But traveling mm. to and from work is the main risk. But I'm also eager to have some practical work, though that may not be immediate. I'm reassured by the way my employer is responding. They're acting responsibly in this odd situation, which is all we can ask for, basically, isn't it? It's, it's the best situation. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> what are they worried about? What's playing on their mind is exactly very similar. Items on display in exhibition cases. Um, there should be no problems, but the lockdown was longer than we anticipated. Leaks, pests and mould, all unlikely but could be a hurdle. Objects that were in the midst of treatment and we don't know when we'll get back to them. That's something that mm. plays on my mind slightly. The, the project that I left um, is sort of floating there. And I know how I left it, but still... I know that I've planned my first day back and I know that first thing I'm going to do is mix some dye because that was the last thing that I had to do. I, I mixed. Oh, yeah. I mixed my. I think I said this, didn't I? On the. Um, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mixed up my dye lot for my infills of my project and yellow. You, it's only really got a couple of days, few days that you can leave it. I think maybe people say a week is all right. Uh, oh, it's been longer yeah. than that, hasn't it? Um, so <laughs> I put it and naively put it in the fridge. Like, oh, it'll last. Uh, no. Um I'm really, I don't think that I left any wheat starch paste. I did check. I checked everything. And I went around the studio like, what if I had to leave all this for a year, but not really believing that it would be as long? Uh, we had someone else brought in and um, they said they went back on May 22nd. Oh, that's quite so early. They said they are screened twice a day. They sanitize everything and community masks if can't keep six feet distant. I don't know what community masks are, but I'm assuming it's a face covering of some description. Mm -hmm. 
The biggest change was that they were placed under another manager for a bit. First time back was surreal. I sanitized everything. I threw out old milk in the fridge and checked blunder traps. No. They love being back and they've had no disasters. So I feel like that was like a, a nice story of it's been bumpy, but it's good. Someone else writes in and says that they went back on July 1st. Public-facing measures have included limited slots requiring pre-booking for visitors. Senior managers were allocated shifts as greeters to inform visitors of the new movement routes before entering the building. Glass divides were installed around reception and other visitor-facing roles. Some visitor workstations were blocked off to ensure physical distance. Visitors are not asked to wear masks. Interesting. Objects touched or consulted by visitors are quarantined for 72 hours before being returned to their appropriate location. I was going to say that's a bit like charity shops because that's what they do, but that sounds really mean. Yeah, it is. Uh, when they get donations, they have to leave them for 72 hours uh, before they go through them. Is that in the before <laughs> times as well? No, it's that's just now ah, um, because of wow. reasons. Wow. But... That was just a strange parallel that popped into my head. <laughs> Apologies. I'm not saying that your objects are like church shop items. I'm so sorry. Uh, increased air circulation is implemented by opening windows. Uh, another one who can open windows. Communal equipment like photocopiers, printers and scanners are turned off. And for internal measures, they've got staff teams were formed and team members should not be entering other teams' workspaces. Okay, so they've kind of sectioned off the museum in some way to make different team areas um this is violated constantly due to the nature of our processes i love that (laughs) well it it was a nice thought (laughs) staff may wear masks provided by themselves the organization is not providing masks or gloves for their staff okay maybe not great one day a week is work from home limited numbers are allowed to use staff lunchroom one person at a time in the kitchen Objects moving between staff members are not quarantined for 72 hours as it's assumed that staff aren't sick or asymptomatic. Um, And management are suggesting that tours should resume as soon as possible. Yeah, it might be tricky to distance your tours if you've got big groups of people. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of wonder if tours can go ahead if it's like by household or something. Oh, I see, yeah. I guess it's kind of sucky if your family hates museums. (laughs) Okay, so they say that uh, my work is shifted away from a Monday to Friday schedule. Uh, As a conservative management found it hard to believe there was enough for a whole working from home day. Yeah, I easily fill it with documentation, environmental analysis and project planning. Also, there are fewer people in and out of the studio. Previously, there would have been anywhere up to six people using the studio for non-conservation reasons. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I suppose it depends on where in the museum you are and what people can get Mm. up to in there uh, my first day back was incredibly stressful and i cried oh, oh no. i cried from fear on my way home i'm so sorry the precautions like keeping six feet away wearing masks only voluntarily keeping teams in their own spaces didn't happen things have since improved now that the schedules have bedded in i'm so sorry you had a stressful first day back that's awful uh, it feels scary to be back lockdown did the buildings well oh nearly no pests as there weren't people leaving food around oh Good brilliant point. One kitchen wasn't monitored, so specialist cleaner needed to bring in to prevent legionnaires. Oh, yeah, that's a thing, oh, isn't dear. it? Um, yeah, yeah. With running water and stuff, yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for sharing, and I'm sorry you had a rough time back. That's so awful. I do think it's interesting finding the first day back upsetting, and I think I really feel for that person because yeah, it's quite easy when you're at home to shut yourself off from the world 
um, pretend mm. that you're just focusing on this thing and everything's fine. You can, you know, you do get used to the day to day, but when you're out yeah. in the public and when you're talking to people who you can't see, like family and stuff, I do think there is a the difference between I'm just keeping myself happy and oh God, this is a really strange, surreal situation. And if you go back to work and you can see all these changes and they're all a bit scary and it will hit home, I think. And I, th- mm. I do really feel for that person. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if I feel like that or if other people feel like that. Even if you do feel perfectly safe, I think it would be understandable to think, oh God, this is my life now. I um, I was talking to someone else and uh, they were ba- basically saying that in, in normal life, I would have a certain tolerance built up for like seeing other people. Mm. You're no longer used to seeing people and that can genuinely be a really anxiety inducing thing to do now. We got someone else writing in who said uh, we've been doing weekly collections check across our museums and stores throughout lockdown, but we started going in more regularly as restrictions eased. It hasn't been a set date for us. Some people are still shielding, others are off sick with stress-related illnesses, and most of us have been going in as we've needed to. Uh, we're not reopening to the public just yet, but we're using this time to refurbish and change over exhibitions. Yeah, but so a bit like what we're doing. We'll probably be using our homemade face masks and washing our hands a lot. But honestly, staff haven't been talked much about yet as opening isn't imminent. Obviously, we're not dealing with visitors right now, but we still have tons of research inquiries and management keep throwing in new projects on top of our regular workload. Plus, we're planning exhibitions and displays with our below skeleton crew. So you could say we're running on fumes. It just doesn't involve visitors in a traditional sense. We're supposed to be making sure there are as few staff as possible in the building at one time. But because we all have a ton of work to do that that can't be done from home, this doesn't work very well in practice. It's really weird to be back because nothing is normal and everyone feels a bit ill at ease. Personally, I don't mind seeing fewer people, even though I live on my own because I'm a bit of a hermit. Aww. Our environmental conditions went haywire when heating was turned off across all sites and we discovered a small infestation in a single gallery, but we were lucky on the whole. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you were lucky on the whole. That's good. There is a pattern emerging, though. It's funny that people keep bringing up that uh, environmental issues um, were a thing because certainly we've had very high RH during some some days Mm. and our heating was also turned off across all sites when people basically went home, which is understandable because I suspect that probably facilities management or something just went, there's no one in the building, it's fine. But it meant there was a really dramatic drop because it was March. It didn't damage anything, uh, but it was more of a, oh, that's very low. Uh, (laughs) That's literally when we all went home. Yeah, okay. Um, Should we listen to some of the contributions that people sent in? Yeah. All right, let's do that. Hey everyone, it's Amanda Richards, and I am in Tennessee in the U.S., and I am going to answer some of the questions that you ladies posted to us all. Um, I apologize for any children noises in the background. I'm having finding it impossible to find a place to hide and record, so apologies. So I'm probably going to jump around on the questions a little bit, but I'll start with what my job actually is. So I work in a university library. And I do the collection care for the Special Collections and University Archives Department. So managing climate, the pest traps, building boxes, 
checking for mold, helping do all the weird things that you do in there. And I also do all the repairs for the circulating collection. So anything that comes in broken from a student or water damaged or leaks in the library, all that comes to me as well. So it gives a lot of wiggle room for types of work that I can do, which I find really challenging and a ton of fun. It's definitely well suited to me. So when did we go back is the first question. The whole university went into lockdown about mid-March around St. Patrick's Day. And we've been back being slowly introduced back over the last month. So each department is a little bit different depending on where you are. So I've been back for about a month and I go in for a half a day once a week. And that's mostly just to grab supplies and drop things off that I've finished. So that way I can work from home uh, a major part of the time. Um, I'm really fortunate that my university is being very flexible because I am in a home with a husband who is very at risk and um, having to go in daily, I think would be a little too stressful. So what measures are in place when we do go in? There's strict schedules to follow. So everyone in my department, at least, we've all put in what days we want to go in, and that helps minimize how much we might run into each other. And the same for any students that might be coming into work, although most of them have been given uh, remote work to do, which has been great. We fill out a health app on the phone each morning before we go in, asking your temperature, if you have any symptoms, anything like that. When you are coming in, you have a mask and hand sanitizer that's been dropped off at your desk for you for each shift. So you have a clean mask to use. Any public facing areas like the reference desk and special collections or anything like that, they have those clear shields in place to help limit more of the distance. And we've also really cut down on the amount of student or researcher interaction that is that we normally do. So I think we're limiting it to about, I think, eight researchers or students or whatever in the reading room during that time. It's changed a bit, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, we get frequent, frequent uh, campus update emails. I, th I was looking at it last night, and I think it's anywhere between every other day, every third day to once a week that we get a whole campus-wide update. And then we have been having more library-wide meetings. So those used to average like two a year, and now we've been having about two a month. So that's been kind of nice just to make sure that you get that like person-to-person -person interaction. What ways has work changed? Well, I'm still able to do a lot from home. So that's been nice. I could bring home most of the circulating stuff and work on that from home and bring that back in and drop it off. And I'm able to work on some more of the digital stuff that I, I usually do. So I've been in the process of building a nice lab manual for my students. So I've been working on that some more. Writing scripts for the YouTube videos that we've been trying to build on teaching students about preservation, building a better training system for my students, uh, my student workers, and that kind of thing. Uh, I haven't been able to do as much of the fun stuff that I really like to do. So building the boxes, my preservation survey has been put on hold until I can get back in uh, a little bit more frequently. So a lot of the fun stuff that I really enjoyed doing, the you know paper repair and things like that, I haven't been able to. But um, at least I'm getting the stuff done that I have been slacking off on on the last year in order to catch up on the backlog that I inherited. The first day back was kind of a blur, to be honest. I was so stressed out about being back on campus and not knowing what to expect. I also had a lot to do because it had been about three months since I'd been in there. So I just had a ton of stuff and like 
uh, a car full of materials to bring back and drop off and a car full of materials to bring home to repair. So I spent the whole time gathering supplies, updating the climate monitors, because they all needed an update, of course, changing out all the batteries, pulling the climate data, setting out new pest traps, recording the pest traps. So it, it was kind of a blur. And I was also very eerie going back into the lab, having not been in there for you know a couple months. Didn't look any different, but it looked totally different, if you know what I mean. How did it feel to be back? It felt great. I mentioned earlier that I'm a mom's and I'm working from home a lot. So also homeschooling from home and, you know, trying to give them the interaction they need. And again, because we're so high risk in the family, um, we're not able to do a lot of the other um, hikes or getting out of the house as much as some of our friends and family have been doing. So we're feeling pretty isolated and cooped up. <laughs> so there's been a lot of backyard time and, and gardening for them. But being able to go back and have some like quiet for a few hours was great. <laughs> it's definitely a welcome reprieve. And did I find any disasters? Shockingly, no. I was expecting to find something flooded or damaged or something. But we were very fortunate that the staff that had stayed through during the lockdown has been really good at keeping in touch with me and letting me know of anything that looks like it might, you know, be bad or setting up plastic if it looks like there might be a, a leak during some rain or something. So, but no, no disasters, thankfully. And that's about all I've got. Thank you ladies for doing this. And I can't wait to hear what everyone else has to say. Talk to you soon. So I went back um, almost three weeks ago now on the 29th of June, although I was popping in every now and then to do collection checks. And um, the first day back, honestly, it was exhausting. I think during lockdown, you lose a lot of, a lot of um, muscle, muscle energy and, you know, you just aren't used to being on your feet all day. As I live by myself as well, I think it was... Um, really strange having to talk to people without that zoom grid that we've all become accustomed to so it was a lot of a lot of stimulation I think that you know you just aren't used to having been locked down for so long at the moment we're working to extraordinary operating procedures and only a limited number of staff have been allowed to return Different members of the team use different access routes and different spaces to minimise cross-contacting. And there are um, very strict one-way systems in place. There are um, max occupancy rules in place for each room and each person who needs to work in the stores, for example, um, has a designated work area. And we're also scheduling our days so that no two people need to use the same space at the same time. So as it stands, I think we're working at maybe 25% of normal occupancy. And the key message still is, if you can work from home, you should work from home. It's definitely in no way a normal return to work or a normal work day. We're being quite careful in planning out our work. So any desk-based tasks are still performed at home. If the work isn't essential, we shouldn't be on site. So in that sense, the tasks we're performing or prioritising are largely different to what we probably would have been doing in normal times. My reasons for being on site, for example, are to deal with the environmental issues and the pest issues we've, we've had during lockdown. So yes, um, we've definitely had a few disasters during lockdown. 
our environmental systems were in chaos. Um, we had readings of 85% relative humidity across all of our stores. And on top of that, we've had a major vodka beetle outbreak, which has migrated through our insect store into our bird store. So the last couple of weeks have um, definitely been quite challenging and more of an exercise in whack-a-mole than what we'd hope for a normal return to work or normal work day. So I went back to work um, just over a week ago, about nearly two weeks ago, um, and I'm fortunate that I can still work from home. Um, but working for the National Trust, for those who work in properties, huge measures have been put in to keep people safe. Um, the houses that are opening, um, seven houses um, opened last week with more to follow but at the moment it's very much outdoor spaces that have been opened and um, we've just amazing work done by the property teams to, to keep visitors and the people who work there safe so things like installing barriers where there weren't any setting up outdoor food and beverage spots where needed and um, keeping really strict one-way systems around the house and introducing ticketing systems as well so my work has changed because my role has completely changed. I've not gone back to the same job, and um, mainly because the job I was doing before was coordinating a massive national public program. And given the, the sort of change in, you know, in, in what visitors will be able to do, it, it, I've not been working on that program, which was for 2021. Instead, I've been working on a lot of the inclusive histories work that's been sparked since, since the Black Lives Matter movement that has you know really been amplified and stepped up and um the uh, director general of the national trust Hilary mcgrady mentioned this work on radio four a few weeks ago so yeah that's what i've been working on and it's been really interesting so totally different job my first day back was was a bit of a rush it was a lot of meetings and i work from home but really getting used to that zoom approach um was quite difficult um just at the start getting into a routine again having been off for so long so actually figuring out how my day would look and how to split my time and um, getting back into that was quite difficult and also just being at a desk for eight hours straight you know really made a difference you know I'm very fortunate to live in the countryside and I've been going out walking all the time so suddenly from going to walking to being at my desk was really difficult really really difficult it felt it felt amazing when when I went back, um, especially to be doing such incredible collections and valuable collections research. It felt like a real step up um, for the organisation. You could see how how much people had achieved in such a short amount of time, and how fast everyone was working to make places safe again. Um, so it was really nice to be around colleagues who who equally love and want to support the industry as much as we all do. Um, and it's great. It's great being back. It's. It, I feel busy again. I feel like I've got purpose again. So I am. I am really enjoying it. And as for any disasters, well, I've been at home, so so no disasters. I think. I guess the only thing I would say is that everything happens very quickly. Everything is moving at a pace, and I think it's almost like when will we get to a point when we're not working at a pace? And I actually I don't see that happening for a long time. I think for for the foreseeable there will be no no quiet moments 
My name is Jenny Van Enkevoort. I'm the Conservation Manager at the People's History Museum in Manchester. I've been furloughed since the 1st of April and I'm not back at work yet but due to start back part-time for 2.5 days a week on around the 1st of August. So in terms of plans for return to work, they're kind of still being agreed at the moment. We don't have specific arrangements for health and safety other than what they've agreed for the whole of the museum, but we're due to have a Zoom call this week to kind of discuss specifics for the workplace, um, for the studio. In terms of um, what I plan for the first day back, it's probably going to be a combination of checking, catching up with my colleague and really sort of checking objects and making plans for the next month ahead and just to see how, how things are. And in terms of how I feel about going back, I'd say I'm kind of excited. Um, I feel good and ready to go back now after being off for a fair amount of time and I feel like I've started to kind of energy levels and kind of productivity and doing other things has kind of like plateaued a little bit. So I'm sort of ready to sort of get back into a, a solid routine and actually doing work, practical work and actually getting my teeth into something because it has been quite a while since I've actually done anything specifically conservation-wise. I have been managing to get a bit of CPD work done, which has been really nice. But again, I think it's, personally, I find that kind of thing much easier when you've kind of got colleagues around you to sort of bounce ideas off and and I've kind of missed that interaction, really. In terms of what's playing on my mind, I would say the main thing is we've had a problem in the galleries over a number of years with um, a leaking drain pipe which has supposedly been fixed but it's kind of at that stage where we've not seen it through a whole year of weather (laughs) so anytime we get really torrential rain I'm always kind of on pins thinking oh is it leaking Um, because we didn't have a chance before lockdown to remove all the objects in that kind of area where there was a potential. Luckily we do have two members of front of house staff who have been on in, in the building really regularly um I think at least three times a week so they're kind of going around and monitoring so and they're really familiar with the problem so they know what to look for so it's kind of more of a sort of conservation kind of paranoia and control freak mentality than a real concern um in terms of pests again they're kind of keeping an eye on things regarding that as well um which is not something they've done before but I think it's going to be a really good skill for them future employment as well because they have had a chance to kind of get to grips with something that they've probably not really had to deal with before. We're really lucky that the building is for the most part a kind of more modern building so we don't have um, historical pest issues at this stage but that obviously remains to be seen if um, things develop. So um, aside from kind of object checking when we go back I think it'll be really prudent to kind of go around and just have a look make sure that we've not got any issues in areas that we'd be concerned about just that we know that we're starting off with a on good footing I think that's me Amanda said there was a bit eerie to come back I definitely get those vibes yeah it's a bit weird yeah it's all it's all a little bit like a sort of sci-fi dystopian film isn't it yeah 
I've really liked hearing from curator at the National Trust. That was really mm. nice because they she mentioned the other things that have been going on during this time. So the, yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement and and how they're using they're not sort of shying away from the need to change. Um, yeah, and I thought that was really really positive actually. Um, yeah, absolutely. Also, I thought it was really interesting that she was talking about how there are kind of no quiet moments mm. and. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also something that's was brought up by by other contributors that actually there's a lot going on and actually probably piling on a bit more now yeah like even more than normal probably an <laughs> interesting move when everyone's a bit fatigued <laughs> from <laughs> from this entire situation yeah exactly um, uh, the the other thing i found really funny was everything that jenny said rang true with me <laughs> particularly the conservative control freak thing because yeah. it, that made me laugh because i was i felt so kind of did you feel seen <laughs> i felt seen yeah so i've i really trust the people who are going around and checking the building but there is still that element of i've kind of had to stop myself so many times during this lockdown from oh i think i'll I think I'll just go in. I know I'm furloughed, but I think I'll just, I'll just, I'll think I'll ask my manager whether it's okay if I just go, no, don't, it's naughty, fine. Naughty. Everyone's checking. Don't worry about it. And I, yeah, but I think I might have left a jumper. So what if, what if? So I really felt that. I did feel seen. Oh. Yeah. We're so used to being the people that have to worry about stuff. Um, and I think I that's... just switched to different things to worry about. I think I just started worrying about the news <laughs> and how many emails I could respond to. And I think I, ju- I just put my worries somewhere else. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 How do you feel about going back to work? How do, how do you I feel? feel? Mm. I feel fine at the moment. I'm going to be driving in to avoid the train because mm. I'm I have the, the privilege of having a car and being able to do it. I'm only mm. going to be doing that two days a week and working from home for the admin stuff on that third day a week or that half day a week I should say because I'm going half exactly half time from normal hours yeah I'm feeling okay I'm feeling like because there's only two of us and we're both really careful we both have the sort of mutual trust in one another we won't have the danger of the public coming in until um september anyway so Mm. that will be eased and there's a little bit of a a little bit of time to you know see how numbers and the opening up has gone anyway so there's a little bit of leeway there i'm not worried i think i will be quite sort of happy and snug in our in our massive our massive studio (laughs) um so i'm really i'm excited i think it's now necessary for my mental health to be at yeah. work again. I'm still worried about getting it. I don't want to get it. I don't want my colleague to get it. I don't want anyone to get it at all. But I also recognise that um, it's a long way to the vaccine. And we've been worried about it for a long time. We're going to be worried about it for a long time. And we can, you know, we did four months. We can do another four months and then see where we are. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel? You're already back. But how do you feel now? I feel like I'm happy to be back. I think I don't think I've done that thing where I'm actively missing mm-hmm. the act of conservation. But I think once I was there and I'd overcome the initial fear of, oh, God, I haven't touched anything in a while. Mm. Like I'd been doing things to keep up my hand skills, you know, like I'm I'm a compulsive crafter and <laughs> an absolute addict for art <laughs> and all that stuff. Right. So it's like I'd been doing things, but it, it wasn't 
object conservation. And then I think there was a lot of like just blockage in my head of, oh, am I am I going to be all right here? And actually, it was absolutely fine. And it really brought home the enjoyment I get out of what I do. Aww. And I think that was a nice little reunion just just for me, where it was just like, ah, yeah, this is what I do. And this is why I enjoy it. And I really appreciated that. That was really nice. Uh, it was a good reminder in all the bleakness that actually I do love what I do. And that's that's really nice to be back to. So it was nice. It was eerie. It was strange. But it was also nice. So mixed emotions, which can be very much the motto of, in, <laughs> of 2020. Mixed emotions. <laughs> Just to round off the episode, we've got a special cocktail with Amanda Richards. <laughs> so enjoy. Drink up. <laughs> and stay safe, guys. Stay safe, everyone. Hi, and welcome back to the Benchwork Bar. I'm Amanda Richards, and today we're going to be making the first wave back. This cocktail was inspired by that meme where the dog is sitting in his office and everything's on fire, and he's just sitting there drinking a cup of coffee saying, this is fine. So that's where I got this idea. Um, so let's jump into it. There's a little bit of prep ahead of this one. We're going to need one cup of coffee. So however you tend to brew it, I'm just using a drip coffee machine. So I've brewed enough to make one cup of coffee. And in the grounds, I've added a half a teaspoon of cinnamon and a quarter teaspoon of chili powder. And so that chili powder will give us the fire. And the cinnamon is the feel nice, uh, calming it down a little bit, uh, spice. So now that we've got that brewed, we're also going to make some whipped cream. And in a small mason jar or some kind of jar with a lid on it, you'll just put in however much heavy cream you want and a pinch or two of the cinnamon and the chili powder and if you like it to be sweetened uh, a pinch or two of sugar and you put a lid on it and shake it until it is not quite whipping cream but it's just a little bit heavier than cream and just fluffy enough to float on top of our coffee. Okay so let's put the whole thing together now. So we have a half a teaspoon of uh, brown sugar, and I like to use the brown sugar because it tastes more caramel-like in the coffee. Uh, we've got that half a teaspoon in there. You can add more or less depending on how sweet you like your coffee. And then we're going to add a one ounce of whiskey. There we go. And then we will add our spiced coffee until there's about half an inch or three quarters of an inch of room at the top to float our cream on top. Okay, coffee's in. Now I'm just gonna give it a stir until all that sugar dissolves. Okay, and I'm just gonna shake my whipped cream just a couple times more in case any of it, uh, any of the foam deflated. Give another shake. And you can spoon it on or just pour it over the back of the spoon to do the pour over. You'll put the tip of the spoon upside down into your cup and then just pour it onto the back of the spoons and it just gently pours it to the top. All right, all of that is in. And that is it. That is your first wave back. I hope you enjoyed it and let me know how you liked it. If you're enjoying the C word and would like to support our work, then please consider becoming one of our patrons. 
For as little as $1 per month, you can help us keep our episodes online and more of them coming. Patreon helps us meet our regular costs for the show, and also to plan ahead so we know roughly how much of a monthly budget we've got. That's super helpful when you're trying to do something special like buy a better microphone or save up to go to a special event. Your support also helps keep us free of advertisement. In return, our supporters get access to our archive of extended episodes, which you can only access on our Patreon page. Yeah, for that $1 a month, you get a little extra audio enjoyment. We've crunched the numbers, and it's about 10% extra content on a regular basis. Well, it's not bad for less than a cup of coffee, eh? If supporting us sounds like something you'd like to do, then head over to patreon.com slash the C word and join our bunch of absolute champions. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Chloe Rumsey and me, Jenna Mathiasen. You can check out our website at theseaword.show, tweet us at theseawordpodcast, or email us on theseawordpodcast at gmail.com. The intro and outro music is Spring by Didi Music, used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Additional sound effects by Callum Robertson. And as usual, this has been a Wooden Dice production.